Hi, welcome to the Coffee Chat Podcast. Our first guest for season two is Matt Young. I met Matt in Fiji and we have been in touch ever since. Matt is a US-born Australian actor and acting coach and has done a variety of work from Broadway tours, film and TV, and even casting. We chatted about his move from the US to Australia, acting in Hallmark, casting, the story gender, and a show Matt is currently working on, as well as some fun rapid fire questions. So grab a coffee and enjoy. Welcome to the Coffee Hi. Podcast. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Hi, thanks, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, you know, um, yeah, I'm a little nervous to talk Hi. to you, actually. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, what do I have to say that's so interesting? <laughs> I actually, I'm that's just, you know, like... that's just that weird voice in my head that's like, I do realize I didn't actually send you anything I was going to ask you today. I kind of just did it myself. So this is going to be fun for you specifically. Well, luckily we know each other, so I'm pretty comfortable with you. Yeah, this is great. It's not like a, you know, your first time like interview with some random person. You're like, oh my God. So it'll be fine. So I'm going to get you to introduce yourself to our listeners um, and just give a little bit of like, I guess, a rundown on like your journey as an actor, you know, just a quick little, who is Matt Young? No pressure. Okay. Hello everyone. My name is Matt Young and I'm an American born Australian actor um, who also sometimes works in Fiji um, where I've been living for the past six years, but I'm now back in Australia. Um, I started my career as a Broadway dancer and transitioned to film and television when I moved to Australia, although I've been doing, you know, sort of background work and stuff and things for many years. And now I am a stage actor, a television and film actor, and I also am an acting coach and occasional freelance casting director. So it's taken, it, yeah, so I'm 47 years old. So, you know, it's taken like, I started professionally as an 18 year old and started amateur when I was 11. So it's taken a while to get to where I am, but wow. I've crammed a lot in. <laughs> no, I love it. Cause even the bio you sent me, I mean, I love how it's so compact. Like the one that I would, and for anyone listening, I would have posted on my Instagram, but like, there's a lot in there. It's just like, yes, well done. Okay. Let's start with that first. Why Australia? Like, why did you, cause obviously, so you were living in New York and you, you've been, you've done Broadway, you've done a chunk of like a lot of professional great work so where when did how did australia come into the picture okay well to clarify i haven't done broadway okay. i've done broadway tours like all around the world to me um so like, i haven't actually been on the great white way <laughs> no, no it's the same thing I mean, i've done broadway tours so i've done like recreations of broadway shows with the original costumes lighting and direction just you know on stages around the world not actually on, you know, 42nd Street or whatever. Um, yeah, so I started my career, so I was an amateur actor in musicals. I was also an athlete and I was a swimmer, um, which actually plays a huge part into probably my success and consistency as a performer, because I competed at an extremely high level, um, you know, state and sort of semi-nationally. 
And so I was used to being like in that top eight, you know, in the final, um, in the final heat. And I was used to knowing that either I was going to win or I was not because my start, you know, didn't, you know, I didn't kick off the blocks hard enough or, you know, I missed my turn or, you know, like there were like these, mm -hmm. but I knew that I was always like, you know, good enough to win. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's really important for actors because, um, it, it, because you sort of have to believe when you walk into the audition that you've got the part, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're like, ah. um, yeah. So, um, so then, I, so when I moved to New York, when I was 18, I was, um, actually a music education major. And then, um, and then I was like, well, I guess I'll, you know, audition for a few things. And I got hired for a show, like in the first three months that I was in New York, like a oh, wow. sort of like Christmas production. Um, that was just doing like a little like mini tour of the New York region. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I can do this. Um, so, and I was in a great program at New York University um, with a program director named Greg Ganakis, who is, um, I think he's still around and he teaches and he was directing professionally. Yeah. And, um, and this was also like, yeah, it was kind of like fame, you know, like, oh my God. like it was sort of like the movie fame, you know, we, we would like be learning time steps in the, you know, in the hallway or, you know, someone would be like burr, 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 playing their trumpet or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, it was just insane. Um, so yes. much time spent in stairways and hallways. But. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I mean, and I was in with a successful group of people. So a lot of people were leaving our show. Uh, this is when Miss Saigon um, was just opening in New York. So a lot wow. of people were leaving the show to go into shows like Miss Saigon and Les Mis. Um, so, I mean, I was also surrounded by people that I believed, you know, I, like I continued to believe that I was going to be successful because I was yeah. um, around successful people. So, yeah. So for the 11 years in New York, I toured with shows like pretty consistently um you know shows like i went to europe with on the town and i toured with the chorus line yeah. and you know, i did children's theater tours when i wasn't working on the big shows so at age 27 um i kind of like it was all just horizontal moves at that point mm -hmm. and so i met someone oh. i was working on a cruise ship as a singer dancer of course. <laughs> i had the night off in sydney and we hit the nightclub strips and I met this dude and, um, and we totally didn't think anything was gonna happen, but you know, we ended up forming a long distance relationship and then we visited each other both in New York and Sydney. And then eventually I thought, well, you know, I'm sort of like at a place in my career where I'm not jumping forward, I'm moving from side to yeah. side to side. And so I'll just try this relationship thing instead. Well. And I mean, I continue to be an actor, but I mean, you know, yeah. it, I took that big leap of faith to just say, I'm going to put some, I'm going to put that relationship as a priority in my life. Oh, wow. And then so that's how I moved to Australia. Oh my goodness. And people I are always like, it. but wait, you went, you moved from New York to Australia. We all want to move from Australia to New York. I was like, well, you know, yeah. Priorities. <laughs> Love is what that is. <laughs> that's amazing. Love. Because I, I, I didn't know that. And I'm so glad that through this podcast, I now know why you moved to Australia. Did you find the, I, I guess in terms of love, love. Uh, in terms of acting, did you find, how did you find the transition from coming from the US market to an Australian market? That's a great question. I mean, I'm yeah. still, you know, obviously I still sound American. Um, well, yes. And my first agent here, 
there was a lot of American production happening when I first arrived. So Farscape, which um, is a sci-fi show, was being shot here. And so my agent um, that I was with um, for a while had a lot of U.S. sort of sounding people on his book. So he was like, you know, never lose that. Like, this is, oh, this yeah. is really important. And I naively thought that I would come here and, um, and I would be sort of like the American actor. Um, because I met, um, when I was on the cruise ship, I met, oh man, what is her name? She was the female in the Monty Python troupe. So she was like, oh, okay. she's, I can't remember her name. We'll have to look her up. But she's like the blonde and she was always sort of playing, you know, sort of like, you know, that very stereotypical sort of, you know, like the busty wench and all that sort of business. Yeah. Um, but she was actually born in, uh, it, she was actually born in California. Um, but she was like an English citizen as well. And so she sort of like, she did find sort of a niche for herself when she first arrived in the UK as the American actor. And so I assumed that would happen for me. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, I found, I've consistently found Australia incredibly difficult as yeah. an actor. I think New York was so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, which is- Which is strange because New York, the competition is so much more intense, but- yeah. But it's funny you say that because even as an Australian myself, um, I find the Australian market so much harder. And I am Australian. Then coming and moving here to Vancouver, I was like, not that it's easy, it's still hard, but it's easier. Um, and even though here there's still a lot of also there's more opportunities. Well, yeah, but it's just, and that's so crazy because yeah, yeah, people in, are like, in oh. Vancouver, yeah, I mean, in Vancouver or in New York or in LA, there's just more opportunities. I think that's why Australia is difficult because there aren't as many opportunities. And so therefore, you know, when I'm competing for roles, I'm competing against people that have been on television since they were like six years old, you know what I mean? <laughs> or people yeah. who have won major awards here in yeah. Australia because we're the same age, same sort of type, but they're people that, have, that the Australian people have grown up with, whereas I arrived as a 27 year old or a 28 year old you know what I mean yeah that's so but it's so you are American so I and I would probably have the same assumption if I was you coming to Australia being like well I think it's gonna just happen because I'm you know American in an Australian market you know oh mate I was full of myself but I mean not but I think again I think as an actor you have to be like you have to have a very healthy ego and I mean I'm you know I'm the most insecure person as well but you know I arrived in Sydney and there would be auditions for a musical right yeah and so I would call the casting agent and say hey this is Matt Young you know I've just arrived um from the states like the show would be something that had a U.S. accent. So like, let's just say Chicago, like I don't think yeah. it was Chicago, but like, let's say it was the musical Chicago. So I'd be like, hey, I'm Matt Young, I'm American. Uh, you know, I've traveled um, around the world dancing Jerome Robbins and Michael Bennett's choreography and Fosse's choreography. Uh, you know, I've worked with Anne Ranking, you know, as a teacher, yeah. I've worked with, you know, like all these amazing Fosse dancers, like you should see me. And they'd be like, um, no, you can't do it that way. Like you need to go, like you know, start at the beginning. Like don't don't be so full of yourself. And I was like, well, okay, but you do realize, like, then they would cast it, and I'd be like, I have more experience than yeah. that actor. Like I've done more shows professionally than that actor that they hired. 
because again, there aren't as many opportunities in Australia. So, you know, I was like, what is going on here? Like, why can't yeah. I be seen for things? Um, yeah. But then I did the producers here, um, the Mel Brooks musical that, that um, Susan Stroman directed with uh, Warren Carlyle as her yeah. assistant. And that was in, I got cast in 2003. So I had only been here for like three years, like two and a half years when I was cast in that. And then that sort of like gave me legitimacy as someone who actually, you know, is of the right caliber for Australian musicals. Well, I think that's what it seems to be. I mean, I guess from what I gather in musical theater, it does, it does just take that like one show. And then once you're in that, you kind of break into that little world of people and being seen. I don't know if that's your experience. I'm just assuming that is what happened. Like, do you find that in a... I think so. I mean, I think it's also a challenge in, you know, and I think it's true of musical theater performers across the world mm. that we are very, there's such um, a stereotype about what we are as performers. And so we get put into this category of like not being able to do television or not being able to do Shakespeare or whatever, which is ridiculous because the skills that you learn from musical theater are so appropriate to sitcom. They're yeah. so appropriate to Shakespeare. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. But people sort of have this, I guess, this assumption that maybe you're dumb or something if you're, or you haven't, you know, yeah, it's, it was, it's strange. I mean, I think it's breaking, I, it, the interesting thing is you look at US television and you look at, um, you know, like Kristen Chenoweth or, um, you know, there's, you know, like Kevin Klein has happened, um, the, the, that lead actor in Hollywood, um, you know, that played the writer, like he was a Broadway oh, performer, like exactly. not a singer, but like, you know, like a, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Hollywood recognizes that New York, if you, if you can do eight shows a week on Broadway, you've probably got some sort of skill that's transferable to film and television, or it's particularly television. Yeah. Oh, did wow. you ever, did you ever, mm. how, like in terms of, um, like LA, because so you said you spent a summer there. Have you been there longer? Like, have you ever done the LA actor thing, if that's what you want to call it? Do you know what I mean? Like the no. no? Did you? I want do to? know what you mean. Um, yeah. No, I. Yeah, um, I mean, I flirt with it. I'm in LA you know, yeah. once every couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, we were supposed to move to LA in 2010. So in 2009, I was in um, The Pacific, which is an HBO miniseries. I just had like a yeah. single line. Um, but it was a really great experience because I was sort of one of the first guests, like one of the first day players to come onto the show. So I get to meet the entire like wow. cast. And so, uh, yeah, so I mean, it was a pretty cool experience. And my characters like, like really dramatically influenced the scene that everybody was in. And so we thought we were moving in 2010. So I went and I met, you know, with Tony Toe, who was one of our producers um, at, uh, for um, the Pacific at HBO. And I got to see the trailer yeah. before like anybody else did. And then I went over to Ryan Murphy Television and met with Dante De Laurenti. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and Glee was just coming out, yeah. you know, and I met with um, Sam Worth manager you know like I did so that's sort of like the closest I came to like doing the LA thing was like yeah. pulling every like getting every meeting that I could from every single source of you know call everybody I've ever known in my career because I thought that we were moving in 2010 so I was like I need oh. to go in all guns blazing um, but because I'm also um, 
in 2007, we became foster parents. And so yeah. um, I'm, and now we're adopted parents. So I've been raising our kids for, well, we've been raising our kids, but you know, I've been very much in the primary carer role for a lot of that time. So that appeal of going and trying to spend, you know, three months or you know, six months in LA hasn't been so strong because, you know, again, yeah. my family's been taking priority over that. But now, you know, now the kids are, Graham's about to finish high school. So, you oh, know, wow. watch out. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Maybe I'll be spending more time in LA. You're like, LA? Or here Vancouver. I mean, please do. I'll be here. I eventually want to, well, not now. I always say that. I was like, because obviously I eventually want to try and do the LA thing. It's just such a weird thing to say. Because, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to move to LA to be an actor. Um, but not now, because obviously COVID and America, yeah. Let's not get there, but America's a bit crazy yeah. right now. Um, okay. But I'm also a U.S. Yeah. citizen, so it's a different. It's, it's so different easy for you. For like, I'm a U.S. citizen, so I can get on, you know, in normal times, I could get on a plane tomorrow and, like, land in L.A. and be like, I'm ready to work today. Right? <laughs> you know, whereas, like, Vancouver is more of a challenge for me because, uh, you know, the whole working visa, like, I'm Australian, yeah. so it's Commonwealth, so, you know, there is some bit of crossover, but it's more logical as a U.S. citizen to just go to L.A. and then maybe come up to Vancouver when I get cast out of L.A. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so I want to talk about, we have to definitely touch base of you working in Fiji and all the beautiful things you've done there. So how did that start? How did you? <laughs> oh, geez, Louise. You're going to have to do some major editing. Um, I got you. Because <laughs> so, there's too much to talk about. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, so my husband is, uh, has a business that's been in Fiji since 2006. Amazing. And so um, we came to a point, we came, I did the musical Annie in Australia. I toured with the musical Annie in 2012. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that tour, it became clear that me going on tour with musicals or, you know, spending like six or eight months on a set um, was not going to work out because of where the kids were, you know, age-wise and also need-wise. Yeah. And because of the, um, the pull of um, my husband's business, because he's an entrepreneur, so he, you know, like owns his own business. Um, so he was like, well, you know, maybe we can spend some time in Fiji. And I was like, well, you know, we could. Because <laughs> after Annie, I switched agents and I was doing a lot of non-musical acting. I, you know, I played, yeah. um, I did Lucy Preble's Enron. I played Jeffrey Skilling, which was like an amazing role. And I did a couple of other Australian plays. And so I was sort of like, I was sort of starting to be seen as a more serious actor, I suppose. Take it. And um, yeah, and then... But it became so clear that for the family's sake, it would be a good idea to go to Fiji and just try that out for a little while. Yeah. Um, and also for our financial success because you know the business needed some attention in Fiji. So we moved over in 2014. And then like within months of being there, we knew that we had made the right decision, both like financially for the family, but also for the kids to just sort of like kick back and just sort of have that sort of island experience because we were like in the middle of Sydney and it was getting pretty aggressive. You know, Michael had just started high school, like Sydney's so competitive, oh, um, yeah. you know, around like, you know, private schools and we're Catholic. So, you know, the Catholic schools are what school do you go to and that network's going to take you through the rest of your life and all this sort of business. So then we got to go to Fiji and just sort of kick back and, you know, let the kids just have like, 
you know, a teenage or a childhood where they didn't have to be little adults all the time. And so that was awesome. And then, yeah, and because I'm aggressive and pushy and a New Yorker, I just sort of was like, all right, I'm here. So I'm going to do all this stuff. So I started um, going to the Playhouse, the Fiji Arts Club, and teaching yeah. classes um, through Takuna Acting Club, which is how we met. Yes, um, it is. And then, and then because I was teaching acting there and because it was so, somewhat of a formal structure, when the U.S. production started, like the scripted production started coming back into Fiji, they were like, well, we need actors. And people were like, well, there's this guy that's teaching acting. And they were like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I mean, Rect for TBS was sort of the first show that I became aware of. And I wasn't involved with Rect sort of at all, other than mm-hmm. there was a casting call. And I was like, I'm putting all my actors, you know, I'm like, I'm calling everyone going, you know, submit yourself, submit yourself, submit yourself. And then I was like, well, I'll go be an extra on this show as well. So I submitted myself. And I love and your performance in that, got by the way. That show. Oh, thanks. It's I'm going to have to post funny. It's, it's you know, great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So then, you know, after, after that show, after that season two of Wrecked, then people were like, okay, well, this guy's like legit, like, you know, He's, he's a hard a worker. Deal. He knows what he's doing. He has access to a lot of talent. So yeah. then, yeah, that's how Hallmark. But I mean, I'm also like, I'm, and I mean, this is the thing. Um, oh man, I can't remember anybody's name today, <laughs> but um, there's a film called Tomorrow When the War Began. Um, oh yeah. That's an Australian film. It's on like a series as well. And the, I don't know if it was, if he was the writer or the director, but I went to like a screening and he had worked in both Hollywood and Australia. Okay. And he said, listen, if you're in Hollywood and you can't get a job, he's like, you're not, you're not knocking hard enough on those doors. He's like, you just need to knock on every door. And if they're not answering, you knock the doors down, right? Oh, wow. He's yeah. like, that's how you get work. So like with Hallmark, I don't know, I read like an article in the paper or something that they might be coming or I saw it on deadline or something and I just went, screw it. <laughs> yeah. and just emailed, you know, like the highest person I could find and be like, hey, I'm here. These are my skills. I'm a SAG actor. You know, I, I train actors. If I can be of any assistance, let me know. And that's sort of how that happened. And then I ended up being both of the shows that they shot out there in Fiji. I... <laughs> I love that. I actually really love what that person said as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I met the producer, like they sort of arrived. And here's the other thing, you know, because I'm American, you know, it's just familiar to them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I sure. rock up and be like, oh, hey, blah, 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 this, that, the other thing, you know, speak fast and, you know, sort of be, you know, a bit of a braggart they'd be like yeah. oh, okay this is this is familiar to us like we're in a place that we're not familiar with but we've got this person who can help us bridge that gap you know what i mean who's someone who knows how to work in fiji but also knows our system our american system so that's yeah. an advantage as well oh i love that mm. is that where you yeah was it in fiji that you started working in casting more specifically like dabbling in that is that where that started yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was Hallmark. Which I was is hired so for great. Hallmark, right? Yeah. I, I actually submitted for um, 
uh, so the film's called The Summer to Remember with Catherine Bell. Yes. And I submitted to be, it, it was, there was sort of like a love triangle sort of thing happening. Um, and so there was this, so I auditioned for the role of, I think his name was Trevor or something like that, who was like this doctor that, you know, was supposed to be the logical choice for her to fall in love with, but then she fell in love with the resort owner instead. Yeah. Um, and so I auditioned for that guy. And then that was, that role was cast out of Australia. So I called um, Ben Parkinson, who was the casting director here, yeah. um, you know, on uh, the producer's recommendation. I said, hey, Ben, you know, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. He's like, yeah, I just watched your tape. Um, and I was like, okay, well, you know, if I can be of assistance in any way, let me know. And then they hired, um, I think his name is Paul O'Brien, um, to play the part, but then they needed a doctor. So they were like, oh, well, we need like a day player to do three scenes with Catherine. And I was like, sure, thanks. <laughs> so, you know, I did that, <laughs> which is a great lesson for actors that like, when you audition for things, yeah. like they, you know, like you can never tell what you're auditioning for. You know what I mean? You think you're going to audition for, you know, role A and then they yeah. cast you in, you know, role D. Like you just never know what you're auditioning for, which is great. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> Don't worry. I feel like we're just going to go in so many tangents and that when I edit this later, I'll be like, oh, <laughs> but it's great. Um, yeah. Actually, while that's we're great. on Hallmark, just while we're on this topic, um, do you find, okay, because obviously in Vancouver, a lot of Hallmark is basically filmed here. It's Hallmark City. It's all here. I know. Right? I, know. I went to set. Yeah, you I went to set it. when I was there. I, you, well, here's the other thing. I, you, as an actor or as a person, you need to set intentions like every day or, yeah. you know, for every part of your life. So I was going to be in Vancouver for a week and I was yeah. like, I'm determined to get on set with a Hallmark movie. I should have been more specific and been like on set as an actor <laughs> <laughs> on a Hallmark movie. Um, right. Cause I called, you know, um, uh, the cartel, you know, who are the people that were working with in Fiji and they've got an office, I think in Ontario or something like that. Yeah. And I was sort of like, all right, so I know there's a bunch of, sh there's a bunch of shows filming. Do you need like a day player? Blah, 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 blah. I didn't get cast in anything, but my friend, um, Peter Stathis was the, um, the cinematographer or whatever, the GOP yeah. on, I think it was called Jingle All the Way, or I, I don't know. It was one, it was one of those, right. you know, a couple of years ago. <laughs> And so I was like, hey, Peter, can I come up and visit you on set? And he was like, sure. And so I went up, yeah, so I did get on set for a yeah. Hallmark film. I mean, just as an observer, just as, you know, like a friend of the DOP. But, yeah. you know, I sort of like got to sort of go on set, sort of watch it. And I was like, oh, this is very familiar. And, you know, you know so that was cool. Yeah. yeah. And Hallmark's its own beast. And it's, yes. it's hard. That, that day on The Summer to Remember with Catherine was, with Catherine Belt was, I think the hardest day I've ever had as an actor. Yeah. Because um, again, being a day player, it's so hard. So if you, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming everyone knows what a day player is, but like, you know, I had three scenes. Uh, there was another day player on set that day as well. So we were doing my three scenes, like sort of in the first half of the day. And then she was doing her three scenes in the second half of the day. Yeah. The, we also, it was a, like a three week shoot so we were on like day 15 or 16, right? Oh my goodness. So everybody was sort of like looking forward to just wrapping up, right? <laughs> and then you go on and you 
and, and um, Martin Wood was the director who works with Catherine Bell on The Good Witch. Oh, so yes. Catherine and Martin like have a shorthand. And I walk on set and it was like a busy like hospital set, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where everybody had to talk quickly and you know, make, you know, yeah. walk and talk, you know, come over here, over here. And I come on to set and it's like, you have to be like, and I really hadn't been on camera for like over a year. And you just have to be able to match the energy of a major star. Like, I mean, Catherine's yeah. like huge. She's pretty big. Pretty TV, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, she's been doing, like, you know, she, like, I don't even know if she's even had a year since she started her career that she hasn't done a TV show. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you just, being a director is hard. You just have to go on there and you yeah. suddenly have to match, you know, someone who's an extremely experienced professional. Yeah. So it was, it was, Pretty intimidating. I mean, Catherine was great. She was very professional. She was, she was, she helped me out. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, like we, again, cause we were just, we just were quick, quick, quick. So I think I stuffed a line or I said something wrong, you know? And so they cut and she just said, oh, Matt, um, you know, just have a look at the script here. It says this, this, you know, and I was oh, like, wow. oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. You know? and so she, she was like incredibly generous and just, you know, um, you know, we need, she knew we needed to get the job done quickly. And then Martin was like, amazing. He's such a funny director because when, when you finally get the take, you know, when he's like ready to like yeah. check the date and move on to the next one, he's like really loud and vocal about it. He's like, blah, 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 that's it. You know, it's like this, it's like this sort of like performance, uh, you know, oh, that I he sort of does, that. you know, when you know that you've got it. It's fun. So we, we did it, you know, Again, I mean, I don't even think we did more than like six or eight takes. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was yeah. quick, and there was a lot of movement. Like it, it wasn't just like standing in front of the camera. It was like, okay, come out of this hallway. You know, walk down. Like try to meet Catherine. <laughs> like as she's finishing this you're line, like, oh, but God. you can't really hear it because you're like away. And then you know, grab grab that prop. You know, turn this thing, turn this way. Yeah. You know, then we're gonna walk and talk with you to the end of the hallway. Then you're gonna stop, and then you know. So it was, yeah, it was intense. It was, it was. It took a lot of. Um, I had to draw on all my skills, all my training as a dancer, an actor, yeah, <laughs> and a singer, really, because of timing. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I agree. Because I mean, I just literally. So I had my first Hallmark audition last week. Um, which is very exciting. And it was for, yeah, just like a day player role. But honestly, self-taping that was the hardest thing I'd ever done in my life so far, like acting wise, because it is its own genre. And yeah, its own, it, the, even the tone of it, like I did, I had coached it with um, Jillian, who's also been on the podcast, but, and I did this take first with it. And she was like, oh no. She's like, I mean, what you're doing is great, but she was like, not for Hallmark. Like she was like, it's, it's too much. Yeah. And I was like, ah, okay. So, I mean, what's your take on auditioning for Hallmark? What, what would you give, suggest for actors who are auditioning for it? As someone who's been on Hallmark. I just remember that it's, it's um, escapist friendly family fair. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we'd, I, if Hallmark people are listening, I don't want to offend anybody, um, but it's, It's not a chocolate souffle, mm -hmm. it's a vanilla biscuit. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't put the candles on the cake. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like it, it, it needs to be like, 
you know, if you like chocolate cake, it's that slice of chocolate cake. It's not the chocolate cake with the roses and the sparkles and, you know, the, you know, and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? It's the slice yeah. of chocolate cake. Does that make sense? And I think that's yeah, probably a good way to look at it is, 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 is it's a dessert. Like Hallmark films are a dessert. They're, you know, they're that lovely, you know, bit of sweetness that you have at the end of a meal. Um, which yeah. means that, yeah, you have to pitch it in a particular way that can't be, that can't be dark in any way, like in terms of like, you know, moody, like it, you know, mm. like basically my big, like we did the sort of the doctor scene. So I was like a busy doctor in like a, you know, Seattle hospital, blah, 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 blah. And I did the scene and then Martin was like, all right, cool. But can you just smile? Just don't <laughs> stop smiling. Yeah. The whole time. So I was like, oh, okay. And that sort of adjusted it. Right. So, yeah. I mean, still I had, you know, all, you know, as actors, we love to like have our process and oh, all yes. our, you know, work, you know, so I still had all of the work, but then I just kept it as a smile and that, you know, read really well for what the scene was. And yeah. it, I mean, again, and it matched Catherine, I like, she's like such an amazing actor and Ugh. she brings such a honesty and integrity to everything she does, but it's a, it's very um, effervescent and easy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. she looks, it's not easy. I don't know if it's easy, but she makes it look easy. And that's Agreed. another thing that like Hallmark really wants everything to just look easy. Yeah. It's, Which means uh, that you have to be a good actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to done, yeah. You have to have done your training and your homework. I, look, I love Hallmark because it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I love watching those Christmas oh movies. I did too. I'm ready for like, they're filming them all now yeah. and I'm ready for them to be released because give them to me. <laughs> They're so great. Oh, they're so delightful. They're so delightful. Uh, yeah, I'm such a big fan of the network. So proud of um, um, Bill and um, the, the like CEO and sort of the, yes. the president of the Vice. Yeah. That they're, um, you know, that they're addressing the fact that, you know, LGBTQIA plus two-spirit in Canada um, yeah. representation has been a bit low. I mean, yes. all, well, as well as, you know, like all sorts of diversity. Oh, 100%. Um, because when I did uh, Pearl in Paradise, because um, it's, you know, it's, when I did Pearl in Paradise, we were watching the show, Christopher Plaha was the lead, Christopher is amazing, mm -hmm. love him, he's such a sweetheart. And, um, and he posted a picture of he and his family, you know, sort of watching the show, which is like, because yeah. Hallmark was very, like, Matt, you know, they were very um, supportive of me, like doing like sort of like live, like tweeting along with the show and all that sort of stuff, you know, you yeah. know day player, but you know, you gotta do and it. I did like, you know, some vlog, <laughs> you know, some blogs and interviews and all that sort of yeah. stuff. So Christopher uh, posted a picture of he and his family watching the show. So I posted a picture of me and my family, which is, you know, two dads and our yeah. teenage sons. And Hallmark was thrilled when I posted that picture. They were like, oh, cool. Wow. They're like, yes, we are, you know, we, we, you know, we love you. And it's very much a family, you know, they're yeah. like, we love you. And we love that what you did in the show. And we love that your family is sharing this family experience with all of our families. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, think I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm obviously I've drunk the Kool-Aid. I am a Hallmarky <laughs> all the way. Hashtag I am Hallmarky. too. There was, I remember you telling me it was for Hallmark. Was it your audition? And you had this backstory about, was it that you had to say a line about a mountain? My, I could be making this up. I don't know. You had to oh, say, yeah. Yeah. And then you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. But I remember you had a story about it, how you like had researched or something or put like something behind it. 
Do you remember saying that? You're that like Yeah, totally. Yeah. I rocked up to my I audition. Yeah. I rocked up to my audition and um and so there was this fictitious thing called the Pearl Pearl in Paradise that was like, you know, the yeah. main thing of the film. This is with um Joe Wagner and Christopher Plaha. And I was like sort of the rival like reporter, you know, like Jill was the photographer for a magazine. I was sort of like the rival photographer. We were competing to get our pictures on the front of the magazine. Yeah. And, um, and so I was going to pitch a story about Chen Ya, which is a cliff in China that spits out stone eggs every 30 years, because it was our 30th anniversary edition. And because the Pearl in Paradise is fake, I assumed that Chen Ya was fake. Like, I was like, okay, so, you know, Christine Conrad's a great writer. You know, she just sort of made something up. Yeah. You know, it's some blah, 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 blah. And then I, at the callback, I was sitting there with, um, about to meet with Gary Yates, the director. And I was like, ah, oh, I suppose I should just, you know, sort of Google this and see what this is. And Chandinya yeah, is real. And so you Google it and you get the images and you can see the cliff and you can see the rocks and like everything was so clear. So then when I walked into the audition and, you know, and I said the Chandanya thing, it was yeah. like, of course, you know, I know exactly what this is. And it was so specific. And that's, you know, potentially what got me the job because yeah. I knew exactly what it was. And so like, it just made total sense to me. And it was such a clear thing for me. So yeah, that's what I love Nya that. Story. Cause I think it's such a great lesson. And I probably even pronounce it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But you still booked it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> still booked it. But yeah, I think that's, I love that story because it is such a great lesson for actors to, yeah, be specific and specific. So I want to talk about the story, Chunder, because obviously we got to get that in here. We got to promote it to the world. Uh, I've also been on it twice when you did your Instagram live. This is true. This is true. Right? You have been. It's a little bit of a cross um, promotion here. Yes. Okay. So the Story Chandra is a storytelling podcast. Um, it's based on a live event. So it's very much like The Moth or, um, you know, any of those sort of storytelling podcasts that you might be familiar with from the North American market. Uh, it's Australian uh, here in Brisbane, Australia. Brisbane. And, um, and so I have people come on and tell unbelievable true stories from their lives with yeah. sort of an eight minute cap is sort of what I tell people to do but I don't really cut them off. And um, yeah, Imagine and if then you did. I captured those stories and put them out. Well, no, because it's based on John Flynn's Oh Hey Guys, which is a LA, like an Upright Citizens Brigade thing. And he actually, he does, like there's like a light that goes on. And then if you get to like, seven minutes, and if you get to eight, the music starts playing and like the Oscars. And so you sort of have to like just wrap up. <laughs> oh, I love that. No, but again, but concise, right? You know, we talked about me being like a very concise person. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think working to a time limit is really good. I mean, that's what makes drama exciting is that there's always like a time pressure. There's always, you know, we're, we're driving towards what we want. We're driving towards that super objective. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if that super objective is to finish this story in eight minutes, then that's, you know, you do good it. training. Yeah, so you can listen to... Uh, the story Chanda, C-H-U-N-D-E-R, for anybody who is not an Australian, that is um, <laughs> slang for vomiting, because we vomit out true stories from our lives. I love it. Um, it's from the song Down Under. And um, yeah, and so you can look at 
look for us on all of your podcasting platforms. And if you don't have it, just, you know, it's definitely on Spotify and Apple um, oh, yeah. podcasts. So those are easy ways to find. And you or guys- just look for thestorychunder.com. Oh, and I will have your social media links on my Instagram and obviously when this is uploaded. So don't stress if you're listening and you're like, oh my God. What? And you're also, are you working, are you currently in rehearsal for a theater show? Do I have that correct? I am. Let's yes. talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm doing a gay rom-com called Smiley by Guillaume yeah. Pua, who is a Spanish um, playwright and television writer. Yeah. Um, so it's very much in that sort of screwball comedy style of, you know, like the old Howard Hawks films, like Bringing Up Baby. You yeah. know, it might be more recognizable from anything that Emma Stone has done <laughs> you know, in terms of that sort of those, those archetypes of comic characters. So, you know, it's, it's sort of like a When Harry Met Sally sort of thing. So it's about these two guys who meet because um, one of them dials from like a landmine and, and just the wrong number and leaves like a long message. And then the other calls back to tell them, oh, hey, you've actually called the wrong person. And oh. then they decide that they should probably meet up because, you know, they're having all these like phone messages. And so yeah. that's sort of, so it's very like you've got mail or whatever, you know what I mean? Oh, it's I it, like that. I said, classic rom-com. Yeah. And so then they meet up and then of course, you know, in, it, it, I don't think I'm ruining anything. They meet up, there's an instant, you know, attraction, then there's a bit of a split up, and then in the end they get back together. So, which is very typical oh, wow. sort of rom-com sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I'm into it. So that's I, gonna be yeah. at Backdock Arts in Brisbane. So if you're in Brisbane, Australia, come to Backdock Arts in November to see it, and hopefully we'll um, tour it as well next year. Two-handers, two well, so it's a, in, okay, November is the date. Okay, you know what? I'm coming back to Australia in October. So if I can make a sneaky trip to Brisbane, woohoo! I'm there. Yeah. Okay, we're going to end with some rapid yeah. fire questions. So are we ready? Get ready. Okay. All right. Yes. So first question, what would you tell your younger self? Um, <laughs> fewer Fs given. Yeah. You know, trust your gut instinct. Yeah. And just don't try to please people so much. Yeah. I it's agree. okay to be selfish as an actor. Right. I agree. I agree. Okay. What's a trait you dislike in other people? I don't like when people, this is such a contrast. I like so many people don't have humility and it just drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I have like a pretty healthy ego. Most of the people that I, I feel don't have humility um, don't show humility because they're insecure. You know what I mean? So they oh, sort of, yeah. it's like a defense mechanism. But I'm really, I mean, yeah, when people are not humble, it really gets my back up. It really gets my back up. You know, and yeah, so just be nice to everyone. I mean, you know, it's like, again, I was brought up Catholic, like just good basic, yeah. basic, you know, Christian beliefs or any human beliefs, you know, where you just treat people the way that you'd like to be treated. So when people don't have humility, that really yeah. offends me. I, I agree. It's, all right. Describe yourself in three words. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it in two words. Has Hot to be. Dad. How about dorky hot dad? 
okay, I'll take it. I was like, it has to be three. You can't be making just two words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll take That's the last not really how I feel about myself necessarily. I know, but, I was you know, like, but where but, is yeah, this, where is that sexy. coming from? <laughs> gotta, make it, gotta make it sexy for the listeners. <laughs> so now they're gonna wanna look me up because they're gonna be like, oh, he's a hot dad, you know, like, oh, you know. They're like, I'm what? Enticed. This is how you pull people in. That'll be my sound bite for your promo no. so that people listen. <laughs> They're like, ooh, okay. Oh my gosh. Right. Um, so that's the podcast. You survived. Congrats. <laughs> Yay. How do you feel after that? My internet connection is going. <laughs> Good timing. Your internet's like, I need to get out of here. Um, but yeah, like, thank you so mm. much for coming on the Coffee Chat Podcast. Um, everything that you've chatted about, Story Chunder, your theater show, everything you're doing, I will share with the world so people can follow you. But yeah, is there anything you want to say you. to everyone listening? You know, no pressure, but last words. Uh, just listen to this podcast. I mean, you know, Sarah's doing an amazing thing. She's been able to call on some really great people from all around the world. Um, so yeah, and if you're an actor, like just be you and keep being you and find the thing that is you in every character that you do because that's the thing that's going to get you the job. Yeah, no, I agree. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Coffee Chat Podcast. Feel free to follow on Instagram at coffeechat.podcast and share the love. You're awesome, and I hope you have a great day, night, or afternoon, wherever you are, and I'll see you in the next episode.